Hello, Outperformers. I hope this finds you well. In this episode of the Outperform podcast, we're going to do it a little differently. I'm actually not going to share any clips from any keynotes. I'm going to answer a question from a friend of mine and actually my financial advisor, Mark. And I'm looking at my phone right now. He sent me a text message not too long ago that said, do you have a strategy for clarifying what you really want? That would be really helpful for me personally as I coach clients to identify what's really important to them personally as well as financially. And thanks a lot, Mark. Like, you couldn't have asked me a question that was a little simpler. It's sort of like, what is the meaning of life? I mean, where do you even get started in answering a question like that? But I do have some thoughts on how to be able to clarify some of our passions and what we're working towards just based on what I've experienced, based on the research that I know, based on what I've seen with clients. It's not something that I oftentimes talk about even in keynotes because uh, it's just not that popular a topic for organizations um, or for businesses. It's a little bit deep, but I'm really going to share, I think, four different recommendations or things that you can perhaps noodle on and think about if this is something that you know, you're really looking at clarifying what is it that you want, or if you're trying to help somebody else, whether it's a client or or coaching client or a kid or a friend or otherwise, um, here are some thoughts and some different things that you can think through. So the first one is to actually think about what it is that you want. And wow, that's earth shattering there. What is it that you want? But hear me out on this. Even as you listen to this right now, you have been influenced by society, by parents, by people to think about and perhaps want not necessarily what you want, but what others have wanted for you. And I think a lot of one of the distinguishing characteristics between outperformers and the norm is that Outperformers are just more self-aware. So they're more self-aware of perhaps some of these influences and some of these pulls that have steered them perhaps in a different direction, um, especially in regards to what it is maybe that they want or their passions or what they're planning or working towards. And I'll give you a simple example. I think this was probably eight or nine years ago now when I decided to venture out fully on my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, and start speaking, coaching, writing books, etc. And I'll never forget when I told my dad that I was going to do this. I had a great job at the time. I was working in business to business. Um, I was I was a regional account manager for a company called Polar. I was making really good money, had great benefits, had a stable job. And I remember telling him, I'm going to let all that go and I'm going to go out on this entrepreneurial journey. And he said to me, he said, how can you do that? How can you leave a job where you have stability and a great 401k and you're making good money? Like, why would you want to leave that life? And maybe I'm just crazy and I know I've got a little bit of a rebel in me. So there was just a part that I always knew that that wasn't the end goal for me and that that wasn't my own path. So I was actually okay. I had I wasn't married at the time, didn't have any kids, and had nobody really depending on me. So I was okay with kind of hanging it out there and saying, if I fail, I fail. If if I don't, I don't. I'm all right with that. But the reason that I share that story is if I would have just gone down the path of, well, this is what my dad wants for me, or this is 
this is what I should want because it's, it's what he wants. Or it doesn't even have to be a mother or a father or a grandfather or grandmother. It could just be society in general. Well, I think I'm supposed to have a good eight to five job with stability and I'm supposed to you know, come back to this house and drive this car. I think our society is just filled with some of those things. And I think to actually take just a step back and we're not going to solve all the world's problems here today, but to maybe just take a small step back and to just ask yourself, what is it that I really want? And perhaps, and maybe this will be for the first time in your life, recognize some of these different influences that have perhaps gotten you to where you are. And if it's not necessarily the direction that you wanted to be or that you're wanting to currently go, well, then that's something that we can work through as we go through some of these next points. But I think a lot of people are just unwilling to even ask themselves that very basic question of what is it that I want, not what others want for me. And what are the influences that have played out in my life up to this point, societally and otherwise? So that's number one. Number two is to actually stop putting pressure on yourself to try to figure it out. Because it's never going to be fully figured out. And I, th- I think probably the best possible advice I can give you in regards to this is if you're saying to yourself, and I've had coaching clients that have said this to me before as well, that's like, I've got to have this figured out. Like I've, I've got to get this figured out what my vision is and what I'm working towards and, and what things will look like 10, 15, 20 years down the road. If you're putting a, an immense amount of pressure on yourself to figure out this impossibly complex equation that we're talking about right now, I don't know that that's necessarily serving you. And I don't necessarily know that that's advantageous as you live your life. And I think the specific language that I would encourage you to use as you talk to yourself about this is instead of the pressure-packed part of, I have to figure this out, I must figure this out, actually look at it as an open-ended opportunity. Like I want to, or I get to actually figure this out. It's, It's a blessing in my life. And it's something that instead of I've got this heavy burden and this weight that's just sitting on my shoulders that can feel suffocating at times, instead look at it as an open-ended opportunity that you don't have to figure it out all today. And perhaps it's something that you can look at as more of an opportunity and something that you can start to work towards and something that is actually invigorating and motivating and empowering rather than some complex outcome and some pressure that you're putting on yourself to try to solve or to try to figure out. So that's number two. Number three is if you've listened to any of my other podcasts, You know, when I talk about the difference between an ego orientation and a mastery orientation, I'm not a huge fan of actually looking out at others and looking at what they're doing. Uh, As my old Spanish professor um, in high school used to say, if you try to tend to other people's gardens too much, your garden is going to get weeds. And I've always kind of believed that. I always believe that we need to tend to our own gardens first. Um, in the way of mastery and what's going on with us. But I think actually a fantastic question, if you're trying to figure out what it is that you want in life, is to ask yourself the question, who do you admire? 
and very different than not, not who you're jealous of or, or who you have any animosity towards, let's say, because they have this or, or they don't have that. Who do you actually admire? And what is it that they have? Maybe if we're talking about planning for retirement, let's say, and figuring that part out. Well, what they have is they have the ability to travel the world. Or maybe they have a house that you really admire. Maybe they have a car that you admire. Or maybe they have the ability to spend time with family members and friends and do fun things. I don't know what it is for you. Or it could be personality characteristics as well. But I think actually sometimes in this case, looking out at others and saying, who do I admire? Who do I respect? And what? how could... I look at that future vision of of me kind of being somewhat like them. It, again, in in a in not in a jealous way, not in a condescending at all way of of they have this and I don't have that, but of something that is I have a lot of admiration for what they've done and if I could be in their spot in X number of years, let's say, wow, that would actually be pretty cool. I think that's a fantastic thing to ask yourself. And also, I will say on this as well, this is a question that I oftentimes ask audiences anytime I'm talking about leadership. I'll ask them who's been a great leader in your life, and I'll also ask them the flip side. Who has not been a great leader in your life? So sometimes asking the question, not only who do I admire and what do they have, but also looking at sometimes the flip side and maybe who do I not admire? And what do they have or what do they not have? Well, maybe you don't want to end up alone or maybe you don't want to be working until you're 70 or 75 or be a slave to your job or never be able to spend time with your family or constantly be tense and stressed and on edge. I think clarifying those two things of who do you admire and what is it that you admire about them, what do they have, and also looking at the flip side of it, I think can be a huge advantage in clarifying what it is that we want. Because again, it's a very complex question. And then that actually feeds right into the fourth point of once you've identified who do you admire, what do they have, or the vice versa, are your current behaviors in your life leading you to or getting you closer to that vision or to that future self that you desire. Now, there is no set thing where, even if we're talking about it financially, right? Okay, we, we can do all the planning that we want to, let's say, and, and we can say if we sock away X number of dollars and the market performs this way. We should be able to retire by this age, but we can't control the market the same way that we can't control a lot of things in our lives. So it's not saying, okay, I know that I'm exactly going to be at this spot at this period of time. It's just asking the question in the present, are my present current behaviors getting me closer to this vision or this version of myself, meaning just one step at a time, eating the elephant, the big old elephant, one bite at a time and leading me a little bit more in that direction where if I continue on that, not knowing exactly when I might get to that finish line, whatever it is that that looks like. But I know that each and every day by engaging in these behaviors and by doing these things, I'm getting closer to where I want to be. 
that's, I think, a tremendously motivating and empowering thing as well. So I'll just recap these four things. I think ask what it is that you want and try to at least appreciate and perhaps not be limited or steered by, by the outside societal influences that we all have and we've all experienced from time to time. That's number one. Number two, stop putting pressure on yourself to figure it out because it never will be figured out. And instead of looking at the have to of I have to figure it out, look at the I want to figure it out or I get to figure it out. It's an open-ended opportunity. Number three, who do you admire? Who do you not admire? What do they have? What do they not have? And then number four, are my current present day behaviors each and every day getting me closer to this vision and towards this thing that I want? That is probably the best possible, I could, I could go here for probably another couple of hours, but if I were to just try to quickly condense it into four things, four recommendations that are things I think about quite often, are things I've encouraged a lot of my coaching clients to think about, and I hope things that as you continue to think about what it is that you want in this lifetime will hopefully serve you as you serve others as well. Thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. And as always, wish you the best of health, happiness, and high performance. Keep outperforming. Hello, outperformers. Three more quick things before we sign off here today. First and foremost, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I understand how many different podcasts are out there, and I do not take a single second of your time for granted because time is truly our most valuable asset. It is our most precious commodity, and I appreciate you taking that time and you spending it with us here today. Second, if you found value in this podcast, maybe you've noticed, but podcasting has gotten quite popular as of late. And if you would like to help support the Outperforming Movement and the Outperform Podcast, one of the best ways that we can get it found is for you to give it a favorable review and rating on whatever your favorite podcasting platform happens to be. So head on over to iTunes, head on over to Google Play, and give it a favorable review. And while you do that, also share it with someone else that you know that is just like you, is driven by growth and wanting to be the best personally and professionally in every single thing that they do. Number three, if you want even more tools and tips and strategies to be able to be your best personally and professionally, head on over to scottwelly.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. There are loads of different resources for you on everything from goal setting and grit to resiliency and focus to confidence and motivation and routines and habits and everything that you can possibly imagine to help you be your absolute best every single day, personally and professionally. Once again, if you'd like to access those free resources, head on over to scottwelly.com, S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. So as I sign off, thank you again for spending your time with me here today. Keep outperforming and as always, wish you the best of health, happiness, and high performance. Have a great day.